0: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck, um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.
1: Harmerbet on the edge of the box, oh it's a straight up screamer!
2: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at PalmerBet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858.
3: Keep your glasses clean with Clear White Lens Cleaner 50 pack. Only 6 at Chemist Warehouse, save 20%. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz.
1: This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. <laughs>
0: is Ian Kempy for Breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 26th of July, a wet old Tuesday down here in Alta Christchurch, Lake Dag. You thought Lake Dag was bigger uh full last time? Well, she's everywhere, boys. I'm surrounded by... Six wonders of the world. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I couldn't really see, but the, I could just see a little speckle of light out on the paddocks. But that light was the entire paddock. So I'm just only assuming the entire paddock around me is just
4: 7:55. 7:55. The music plays. Country Clueless uh, is back for a Tuesday. Uh, Get
5: the digger in, mate. Uh, Put some
0: more drains in. Mate, honestly, <laughs> I've got swales galore around my house. Swales galore because I've got Dan, um, who's been helping me down here. He's a he's a good man. He left us two diggers here. So honestly, I've been digging trenches everywhere, everywhere. Like. Honestly, you feel like I'm over war zone. F- overseas. I'm in a war zone, mate. There is trenches everywhere around this house. And it's just, I'm over it. I've had enough. Anyway, um, we'll have a bit more of a chat about that at 7.55 when I throw myself under the bus again. Love it. Every morning. Anyway, Kempe, how you doing, mate? Beautiful hoodie. Love it.
5: Identity, mate. Yep, I love it too, actually. <laughs> it was uh, in the back of my car today. It was warm. I got up this morning. I had a shower. I was up early. Me and the bride were just sitting in, in bed doing some reading um, as you as you do and got up and had a shower and I was like, Man, it's warm. It's absolutely warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reading. Um and uh walked outside and was just like, Oh, don't really need a sweatshirt, but had the had the identity sweatshirt in the back of the car, thought I'd rep it today on the on the potties. Yeah. You know me. I've actually got something to talk to you about too, Daggy, uh I met a bloke over Um, who's coming over here that's doing a sort of similar thing than you and you might be interested in it. Um, Ah. So we'll talk offline about that, um, giving blokes back their identity. Um, And just, yeah, read some news, some really interesting stuff out yesterday, the Manly stuff. I don't know if you've read that, but the seven guys that have pulled out of the Manly game because of the LGBTQ um, jersey that they've come up with, I thought was really strange, given the fact that um, alcohol and gambling are everywhere and you can make an argument for... For that as well, every day of the week, you know, and um, you know, just to have a look at losing our first um, Commonwealth player out of the Olympics with COVID. man, the, the it's just an ever changing landscape every day. Like you can write an yeah. you can write an editorial every day about something because there's something come up, especially if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, and you get on your socials and you go, wow, that happened then, like overnight. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's mate, it's it just the gift that keeps on giving the old social. so um, yeah, we've got a bit of warm weather up here, man, it's been horrible, Izzy, so you're getting that weather that's just passed through from up here at the moment, but um, yeah, nice to have a little bit of warmth
0: back. Yeah, oh, mate, honestly, I don't, I don't know when I last seen the sun, last seen the sun, bit of heat, we're expecting a little bit of a um, break later on this week down here in croshish but. Yeah, she's been pretty dire times. A lot of water, a lot of rain and uh the thing with Christchurch, mate, the ground is so hard it just it it takes a very long time to evaporate and sink into the into the dirt. So it just sits on top, mate. And there's just puddles and and everything's just yeah, it's a pretty crazy time. But just on that many situation, Kimpe, they they're having an emergency meeting. They had one last night or or they're having one today to kind uh because they weren't consulted, like the the Manly Seagulls uh, administration just went along and, and kind of um, made the decision that they're going to do it. So they never really consulted the players. And I've I've read that there's a couple of the Polynesian players that are in the back room or a part of the team that aren't keen. I think there's seven of them. Mm. Seven of them that it's are a fair it's a fair chunk of the team that's going to be out. Mm. Um, yeah,
3: they're
0: going they're going to make a stance, mate. Like, yeah, it's going you know what it's going to do. See where they go.
5: Yeah, you know what it's going to do. It's going to it's going to dredge up the old uh, Israel Falal stuff. I read about yeah. um, Ian Roberts. Like I played against a legend in the game. His name was Ian Roberts. Okay, he played Origin, played for Australia. He's one of the toughest players in the game. If you go on the if you go on YouTube and you Google and Ian Roberts, you'll see a hit that he put on Gary Jack. Um, and Gary Jack was you know he wasn't no soft play. He played for Australia as well. But he was just this guy that went out and, and put everything on the line You know, with South Sydney. That was when Les Davidson himself and Mario Finnick were the front row of South Sydney before he ended up finishing his career at Manly. And he was the first openly gay guy to come out. And I felt really sorry for him, you know, reading that the boys had, had decided to, to step down. Um, I get the consulting part because probably not just being consulted but also being educated – is that is that part around the LGBTQ community, and where it is today, as opposed to you know where it's come from, and where your mindset is? Because you know, like I said about the alcohol and the and the gambling part of it, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna start quoting religion, um, well, I'm pretty sure that, that those two things are in the Bible as well about gambling and alcohol somewhere, um, and it's just a really touchy subject. But I, when I read about Ian Roberts, I sort of felt you know. With thirty-five years along the path, and it's yeah. he's still trying to get the message out there, you know. And he's an mm. old boy. Um, I think he's really courageous. You know, I think he's. In the time when he came out, you got to remember, back when I was playing, it wasn't accepted. You know, it was it was a really, yeah. uh, I guess, taboo area to, to, to foray into, and 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 he showed a lot of courage when he came out, and I got a lot of respect for the man. So. Um, yeah, that's that story. I don't. I, t- today, I don't think it's going away. I think it's. I think it's mm. going to be spoken about um, for for the rest of the week. To be brutally honest.
0: Yeah, I commend Manly. I commend Manly. We've come a long way in, um, you know, the LGBT uh, community, and, and just get into where we are today. And we're, you know, for me, I, I don't agree with it, but I can understand some of the stance that's that's going on with these players, and they are. Sp- you're religious and they are staunch in their ways and within in their beliefs, but yeah, I don't I don't agree with it. But anyway, we'll more will come out today for sure, Kempi. We've got a big show uh to rip into this morning, seven o'clock. We'll chat to Raglan Shredder, Billy Steadman, after his latest regional surfing win at Whangamata. Uh, surfing really well and have and hopefully that can transition into the Challenger series at Huntington Beach coming up shortly. So we're gonna have a chat to Billy after 7 o'clock, he's, he's an absolutely good bloke. He's been surfing really well, but hasn't quite been able to transition that onto the challenger series. So hopefully he takes some confidence. Good to see Ella Williams out there surfing again and getting the job done. So we'll chat to him after 7 o'clock. And uh, earlier on this morning, we actually spoke to Rory Lawson. Rory Lawson is a former Scottish player. He's played 31 tests for Scotland. He's a halfback, played for Gloss over 100 games. Uh, He's a good man. He's on the Barbarians committee. We had a chat to him earlier on today. We're going to play that for you tomorrow. We're going to play that for you tomorrow. It was a great chat. A great insight to what the Barbarians experience is like and um, wow really what does he think Razor's going to do and how they were able to snag Razor. Was he a little bit nervous after what's been going on down here down under with the uh, All Blacks coaching situation but Rory Lawson, great chat. He is Bill McLaren's Grandson, he is Bill McLaren's grandson, and he gave us some great one-liners to end the show, to end our interview. So you have to stay tuned. <laughs> it's one of the good ones, isn't it, Gibby? Oh, yeah. He's a champion, <laughs> Louis.
5: Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Sorry, what I was just going to say before was uh, what we might try with that is um, so we're going to play it out tomorrow, but we might stick it on line later today. Mm. So yeah. might if you wanna if you wanna be really smart, you can go to Izzy and Kempy for Breakfast to our podcast channels and you can actually get a little bit of an exclusive before we roll it out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah but we
5: won't give too much away on that. I'll just go back to Billy Staman and Ella Williams winning that um that comp on the weekend. I don't know if you know um, Izzy, but I used to manage Ella Williams. Did yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, right. I went to I moved to Fongamata for a year and um I was surfing down there and I got uh, a couple of boys, I got hanging out with a couple of young guys, you know, they were surfing and, and one day I was down the beach and they walked out, these two young fellows, and, and this this older guy walked out and he had, you know, shaven his head, sort of, you know, he's, he's my age, he'd taken you know, obviously lost his hair and he'd shaven his head and he's walking, out. I'm going, man, that looks like bears, hurunui, like that, and sure enough it was Bez. I was surfing with his sons, I didn't know. Didn't know that though, it was his two boys. And he goes, Oh, hey, Kemper, you know, we sort of grew up in Manly when I was playing Newcastle. He's going to Manly. My cousins live down there. And he goes, Oh, you know Ella Williams? I went, Oh, mate, I know who she is. I don't know her. And he goes, Oh, can you talk? Can you come and have a talk to her and just give her some, some motivation? So, as I did, I was living in Whangamata uh, at the time. And then I went around the parents' place. And what ended up as a motivational speech ended up, I ended up walking away and, and saying she needed a manager. And I ended up managing her for about three years. Um, through that through that surfing journey that she went on, um, and really interesting, you know, when you're talking about how hard it is to get on the WSL, WQSL, with the women's and the men's um, surfing, like, great surfers down here in New Zealand, but to make it, and to to do what Paige Hareb 's done, to do what our mate, um, Mr Christie's done f- um, from Gisborne, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So... Uh that, that conversation with Billy this morning is just a I I just wanna know where he's at because he wins everything down this end. You know? He, he's hands down the best surfer we got yeah, in the does. country. Yeah. But I wanna sort of know, well where are you mate? Like where where do you you know, when is enough enough? Do you do you just keep going until, you know, you're fifty and you and you haven't made it or have you given yourself a a, a time where you say, Well, enough's enough and I'm gonna get on with my life so um, yeah, just a little bit of background there on the conversation that we got today with Billy.
0: What'd you hustle there, Kempi? What'd you hustle there, mate? Every mate, manager's got to hustle, hustle, hustle. What'd you hustle? No, Come
5: no, I, well, I didn't hustle anything. I actually took nothing because my dad bought... <laughs> no, no,
0: no, not that. Like, com- like commercial, did you get in, like, some deals out there? I'll or, tell you, you
5: know? mate, well, they, they travelled around the world. You know, surfies, they travelled yeah. around the world. And Ella's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and and, and, and an attractive surfer. And I put it together with Air Tahiti Nui. So um, Air Tahiti, I got her a contract with Air her and her mum, and nice. she got business class flights all around the world for three years. Um, so, yeah, there was, it wasn't too hard to sell the Ella Williams look in surfing because, you know, from Fongamata, white sand, you know, blonde hair, you know, beautiful water, blue eyes type thing. So you sold that whole package, you wrapped it up, and... Sold it to someone like um, Air Tahiti, and they were all like, all over it. You know, her, her socials went. I <laughs> will tell you what happened to her socials, mate. She had like a thousand followers. Oh yeah, how's your socials going? Yeah, I've got about a thousand followers. I think it was. I'm 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 probably I'm guessing, but it's around that number. And I went, oh yeah, I'm he go, Gee, Geez, got to get those socials up. So she went to Mexico, mate, and surfed in this comp. Yeah, went to Mexico, and I'm the World Cup was on. The soccer World Cup was on, and I don't know if you remember, but I think Mexico beat USA in a group match. And I I said to her, I was talking to her, I said, look, go to a chemist and and buy one of those big Mexican hats, yeah? (laughs) Buy one of those big Mexican hats and get on your socials, because she's in Mexico, and say well done to the Mexico soccer team. She went from 1,000 to 100,000 followers overnight. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing mate and that was it yes. straight into air Tahiti you want this
0: <laughs> old, old influencer Kempi, eh influencer kempi like that Kempe eh
5: Ew, yeah mate. no there's some Kempe, hustles Kempe. but my, I just want to finish by saying my dad taught me mate that if you you always got to give back you know like he was I'll tell tell a story about him another time but he always said give back and when I decided you know that that motivation talk was to ended up being managing her because I lived in Fongamata, that was my my giving back to that little town was to look after uh, Ella Williams because her and her family, Dean and Janine and Brayden, um, who own the, the surf shop down there, um, was to say, oh, look, thanks for letting me live in your town. I'll look after the golden the golden queen of Fongamata, which was Ella Williams.
0: Beautiful, Kempe. Need more people like you, mate. Giving back to our younger generation, you're a champion. Appreciate that story. Uh, yeah, Billy Steadman coming up. He's having a little battle, ding-dong battle with, for the Nationals with Maz Quinn too, so they go toe and toe every single year to take out the Nationals, so looking forward to that. After eight, we're going to talk to Bruce the Bull, Sharrick is the NZTR CEO, and he's going to come on. There's a bit of a situation at the moment, we had a, um, a cancelled, abandoned meeting last week on Saturday at uh, at Rotorua, so uh, we spoke to him earlier on when he just got the job about that situation, and we're still having... A few issues, so we'll just have a chat to to Bruce Sherrick about that after 8 o'clock, and then to end the show, big show today, we're going to talk to Matt Todd. Todd, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, he's coaching Canterbury MPC side, they took on Tasman, they beat them 69-7 over the weekend at Hamner. I messaged him, he said, look, let's be honest, that was nothing to what we're going to expect from Tasman going forward into the season, but also, he'll have a real... Probably a little bit more detailed insight to what Jace Ryan is going to have to offer uh, over the next couple of weeks. Good to see Jace Ryan yesterday in the coaching setup. A little bit awkward, actually, seeing him standing behind uh, Ian Foster. Uh, you know, that little partnership that we're just not quite used to. Will we get used to it? Well, time will tell. But it is our show, 8883 0800 811, for your chance to voice your opinion will have your say on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Louie Herman, what? Morning, my brother.
4: Yeah, morning, Izzy. Morning, Kimpy, and everybody. Uh, will we get used to seeing Jace Ryan next to Ian Foster? Well, better question, will Ian Foster get used to having Jace Ryan standing behind him? Um It's a really interesting one, and I just... Would... I got
0: a bit weirded out by it. Oh. I was watching you going, oh, okay.
4: It's a really interesting one. (laughs) A penny for Razor's thoughts right now. Just a penny for Razor's just unfiltered thoughts right now. Um, Yeah. Oh, well, two massive games in South Africa. Do you know, I actually think a lot of All Blacks fans have probably tuned out the last few days because it was so draining post the Irish series. I think we kind of got oversaturated and the negativity, you know, it wasn't necessarily undeserved, but it was exhausting, so... A couple of days off, and then they'll be over there. So that test against the Springboks, when is it? In two... Next weekend. Next weekend, so what's that, 10 days away? Um, I
0: think they head off Friday, and they'll have 10, yeah, about nine days there yeah. to
4: prepare for the first test. So it's not far away, and we'll get into that building up next week. But you're right, Jace Ryan is still a hot topic. I mean, what a story, and that leads me to...
0: Can't wait question of the day.
4: Just uh, soaking it in, the Jason Ryan story, and you kind of dig a little bit deeper, and there was a great article written about him and stuff. I think it was Tony Smith who did it, uh, just about his background, where he's from, uh, who he is, and Izzy, is you've spoken about it, his journey from... It's not rags to riches, but it is very much in the fast lane, humble beginnings, fast tracks, because he's a ripping bloke, and he's just an exceptional human being and clearly really good at his job but was probably didn't know he was good at his job until he was put in the environment and all of a sudden he's gone whooshka. So 10 years ago he's coaching the West Coast Fords and now he's coaching the All Blacks Fords and I want to ask you on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven double eight double three. you men especially what are some of the great humble beginning stories that you've got? Like, what are some of the great stories of guys or girls or men or women that have just come out of nowhere and gone whoosh in sport and t- their careers are taken off and for the right reasons? 21 minutes past six, have a good think and come back to me. 0800 150 in the Kennards Hire phone line's there for you. I want to hear from you today. Get in touch. We'll talk after this. Here with Kim's Warehouse, great savings every day. 26 minutes past 6 o'clock Jason Ryan he's a new All Blacks Fords coach and he's going to quickly win the sheds we think uh, used to when I say used to only 10 years ago a decade ago Coach the West Coast Ford pack he's a Sydenham club legend I'm asking you for your stories of people that have just had the glow up of all glow ups not necessarily rags to Richards riches, but really been fast tracked and those real organic success stories Izzy you got one?
0: Uh <sighs> There's a couple. I mean, look, I've only got personal ones that, that I can, like, kind of have a connection to. I remember when Bridge, George Bridge came down to the Crusaders, uh, come down to Canterbury. Yeah, he actually didn't come down to make the academy, didn't come down to make Canterbury. Yeah, he actually came down to go to university, played for Lindisfarne College, um, came down, actually flattered with um, Ben Fennell on his, on his, one of his couches and... And just basically came down, just grafted it away at university, started playing club footy. They seen, the, um, obviously, the talent in George Bridge. He got selected to make some Canterbury Sevens teams and just, like, worked his way up and just seen him come down here, not even focusing on rugby and going from, you know, just somewhat of a nobody to, obviously, forging a pretty successful uh, rugby career and still doing that. Uh, And another one, there's a house across the road from Rugby Park here in Crossbridge. And it's a part of the Crusaders Academy, and I've seen some players come down from all over parts of the country. A guy like Braden or a tamaiti Williams, a Robbie Fruin. So they've been chucked into this bit of, bit of a chiller, like it's a horrible setup. I've been over there a couple times, and I'm thinking, wow, we going head to my warm house, and <laughs> these boys are just freezing. There's no insulation whatsoever. But just seeing them come down here, make the transition make the leap into the unknown and go on and have really successful careers. And I guess that really just underlines and teaches them the basic and, and simple things in life. So, yeah, I've seen some pretty cool stories, but those are the ones that really stick out for me. Gempi?
5: Yeah, when I, when I, there's a great question, Louie. Um, I always talk about my hometown, about those rag to riches stories. I, I, and we've got plenty of them, you know, for a, a town that was built on freezing works and, and Subaru and Swan Dry. Um, a real working working man's town, uh, I think f- 3,500 people back then, might have swollen to 6,000 these days. Um, but here's a few names, Charlie, Luke, and Kayla McAllister. They've had a, a f- wonderful career. Charlie was a, obviously a Māori All Black, went on to the league career. Um, we all know about Luke McAllister and Kayla. Jason Matthews was New Zealand surfing champion, um, still around down there, now gives back to the kids. Dave Watson, Howie Tarmany, myself out of the League Club. Uh, Jared Martin, the Hall of Famer in Softball, the captain of the Black Black Sox. And of course, Alan and Bruce Sherrick. One's the top trainer and the other one's the CEO of the uh, of the of the Thoroughbred um, association. So, you know, it's a a pretty pretty good effort for a small community. Uh, I always talk about that. You know, there's some <laughs> we we fought for oxygen down in that hometown one of my mates says um, so we, back in those days if you if you had a chance you took it
4: yeah nice yeah. humble beginning stories there's so many of them are around and through sport uh, Benji's come through on double eight, double three. NBA player Jimmy Butler not much of a quick come up but a fantastic story from being homeless and abandoned to an all star and you know he's on that guy ginormous salary. Look, most
0: athletes will have a story, eh, hey, Louis? Like most athletes will have their stories, and I've spoken about it on yeah on the UAs about the, some of the challenges we had to face. But you know those bits of adversity get you to where you are now and, and make you become the the person you are these, this today. So. Everyone's got those stories. If you've got any more, share them with us, please, Double eight, double three.
4: Yeah, I'd love to hear them. And it's so funny because you get, you're right, is everyone's got their own personal story, but then you have the Lydia Coes of the world who were on driving ranges since, you know, yay, they were <laughs> yay Tool and you have these child prodigy kids that are kind of, or like the father-son duos in the, in the AFL that, you know, they've watched, grown up watching their father be a a gun, and play for Collingwood, you know, the Dacos boys, and now they're out there running around. And so there's journeys that are unlike each other. And I think about Brodie Retallick just as a big gangly kid from Amberley. He was playing, I think, third 15 in, um, at boys' high school and then a bit of a growth spurt filled out properly and just – realised that he had a motor nobody else could match so there are so mm. many different ways Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. 0800 the Kenard's high phone line, I want to hear from you 29 away from 7, here is Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, some love racing. NZ. after this <laughs> 26 and a half away from 7am this morning 26th of July Funnily enough Uh, Gee whiz, winter is flying by But the weather has been gnarly Around the country Hope your roof is still attached to your house And the lake in your front yard Looks like it might be about to drain Sometime this decade That would be handy for everyone Country clueless at 5 to 8 this morning Uh, Stephen Adams reader's book What a great story Oh yeah, that's a nice one Tim there um, we know the family and how many siblings him and Val have. Dame Val, I should say. Yeah, that's quite an incredible one. What about Francis Ngannou? Is he from a slave mm. to refugee to heavyweight champion of the world? From John. Yeah, mate.
0: That is, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's good. One. From slave to refugee to heavyweight champ, inspiring all Nigerians around the world. Um, mate. Honestly, most of them don't share their stories. Most of the the athletes out there around the world, particularly like in New Zealand, we've got some stories. But wow, some of those um, athletes are uh, you know from Ukraine and you know some worn torn countries. Just the, the things that they've seen, mate. Oh, oh what about Mo? Comp- what
4: about Mo Farah? Did you boys see that last week? He, mm. He's actually come out and admitted that that's not his real name, and he was yeah. given a passport to get through the border. When he was six, and he went to a, cunt, a family, he like a, thought he was going to stay with an uncle, and ended up with a family. And then he, he went to got put in rolled in the school, and a, uh, the only friend he made, his mum plucked him out and said, "Oh, you can stay with us now." And then he just, you know, and Muhammad Farah isn't actually his name. I mean, <laughs> for example, crazy, mm.
0: crazy, it's crazy. That's what I mean. Like some of these stories, when they when they write books or when they share their stories, that's that's when we're going to understand, mate. It's, uh, it's huge. Some inspiring, inspirational stories from around the world. And we've got our own in the backyard. And great to hear from you, Kempi, about Waitara. Those little communities uh, out there, those untouched communities that have so, many, so much potential, and at the moment we're not quite tapping into them. We, we need to go back to those little communities and unleash the Tony Kemps of the future.
4: Yeah, well, and the Izzy, Izzy Dags really as well And the Izzy Dags um, Tim said the Warriors need to sign Kevin Proctor right now Hold that thought, Tim Because, oh, <laughs> you, cut it out, because Tim. Kempi has already mentioned that once today in the office before the show And we're going to put that on hold and talk you reckon, about you <laughs> No, I don't reckon a, uh, Makes sense <laughs> You know Makes what's sense. happening you know But what? it won't
5: surprise me
4: <laughs> you know it's happening. Um, so we'll talk about that at about 20 to 8 this morning. We've got a bit of time for you on and I want to do a little bit of rugby league talk back. Um, you, you said Waitara, Al and Bruce Sharrick, all the great names from Waitara. Well, Bruce, he's got a bit of work on his hands around the track conditions of New Zealand. Um, he's published a a letter, an open letter to the industry, a message to the industry on loveracing.nz last night. You can go and read it there. He's going to be on with us after eight this morning and we'll ask him how frustrated he is. He's told us before this keeps happening. There's only so many times somebody can apologise and somebody can say that they're frustrated and then something breaks. So I wonder when we're at bre- how close we are to breaking point. We'll find out from Bruce Sharrock a little bit later. But boys, just looking at the, the calendar and the week in racing, tomorrow at Cambridge, it is their big winter day of the year, and I remember this from last year. They have got one, two, three, $40,000 races on, which is um, pretty cool. Martin Collins sponsoring those $40,000 races, and that means that they're going to get some... The, the best synthetic trackers that have been going around this winter will all be lining up tomorrow at cambridge um today there isn't racing but we'll do a bit of homework overnight and see if we can come with a bit or two to have on a a wednesday because the form should be able to stack up with that sort of prize money i assume they're going to come wide and far to have a crack at it so it's loveracing.nz you can go and have a look at the uh, nominations now and um yeah it ranges from maiden at time of noms we've got rating 65s and it's good prize money all around so looking forward to that that'll be fun love racing dot nz race,
0: race 4 Louis race 4 Pappenhausen and Red Vienna I'll back them both Red Vienna had a good win
4: Tony Pike McNabb on top mm. Pappenhausen finally S- broke through for the maiden as well yeah yeah Pappenhausen Bruce Harvey but
0: mate what about Sammy Spratt she she We had, you had her on on Friday didn't you
4: we had her on a Friday, not even that. Mm. We we saw her at the track before she jumped on even with the back of any horse. She was kind of like ho-hum, like, oh, I've had to spend $800 to get down here. My flights have been a shambles. I don't know why I've come. I should have, well, at least I didn't go to Rotorua because that was cancelled. I don't know what I'm going to do. These horses <laughs> are all reasonable chances. Oh, it's pretty puggy out there. Not sure if I will win. Three for Three wins. <laughs> I know, mate.
0: Back to back. 19 dollar shots i actually missed her straight up so mate what do you tell me and she's like oh the one in the seventh
4: might win i was like god oh, i yep. didn't
0: get on obviously that seven. one. Seventh? no
4: no I, I, she the, la, the one that she thought was gonna win ran down the track <laughs> yeah <laughs> just classic uh, anyway 21 away from seven love z. if you want to go cop those replays and and uh a little bit depressed. Uh, Michael Orr, NFL player, made the Blindside movie great about movie. him. movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Sandra
0: Bullock, right? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, great movie. Blindside. Great watch. Yeah. Did I actually get drafted to the Ravens and uh, had a had a reasonable career, but um, what a story. Great story.
4: Once, yeah. when I was in my uh, teenage years, I was in Samoa, and there's a thing called the Tasua Trench. Down on the the bottom of the, the south coast, I think it is, uh, of Opulu. And down the bottom, yeah, there's this massive hole in the this like it's like the seawater comes in. It's like it's like a looks like a comet's hit the ground and you kind of walk down the sketchy as ladder that Osh would just be like so freaked out by it. You pay your whatever it is to the whatever teller to the um the village the local village and you go down there and down there there was this guy who looked like the size of the trench or the comet that put the hole in the floor <laughs> and i've kind of gone like oh like he kind of looks massive like so i'm like swimming near him. i'm like hey mate like <laughs> you know like what do you, you know you you're an athlete or something and he's like yeah yeah had his super bowl ring on played at the Baltimore <laughs> Um, played for the Ravens in the Super Bowl that Joe Flacco won and I'm pretty sure he played with Michael Orr and he said yeah yeah and I was like are you for real he's like yeah go google me googled him I can't remember his name I'll go find it it's on my Facebook somewhere and yeah he just had his Super Bowl ring on in the bottom of this to, to, to do a trench it wasn't
0: Ray Lewis was it
4: <laughs> no no definitely not Ray Lewis <laughs> definitely not Ray Lewis it's just huge huge Um, yeah oh God. incredible anyway that's not a terrible American boring <laughs> story what's that
0: was he American or Samoan?
4: He's Samoan, but he was like taken oh, over man. there at a real young age and, yeah, had a kind of like a, a mixed accent. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I'll never forget it. He was so big. Oh, I was tiny, though, to be fair. Still am. 19 away from seven. to oh, 11 It's time for Quizzy Dag. Willamont Travels getting someone to the Gold Coast 500. It is going to be a ripper. And we've got a $50 TB bonus bit. so cool now. Oh, 800 11 Come see him. The Quizmaster is waiting. All right, we are 14 away from seven this morning, and uh, we've just run into a little bit of atmospheric error with our phone machine. <laughs> so, you know, when you get rain delay on, uh, on Sky TV, I reckon that's what we've got going on right now, which leaves us in a place where we've got Quizzy Dag, and we've got a, a $50 TV bonus bet, and a trip to... The Gold Coast, the Boost Mobile, Gold Coast 500 up for grabs, but we can't get a caller on the line. So, Izzy, you are the quiz master. I propose yeah. this. I haven't yeah. seen the quiz today. I haven't looked okay. at it. Kez makes it. If we want somebody to, everyone to text that wants to get in the draw through, I will play on behalf yeah. of somebody, and if I can get them right with maybe, would you give me, if I can go four or five, that person wins. What do you reckon? Or do I have to go five from five?
0: They no, get five for five. You get photo free. And, <laughs> yeah. and you get a um, you get a fifty fifty choice as well.
4: Okay, love it. All right, text double eight double three your name and why you want me to play for you. Feel free to kiss my ass, and that'll be great. And we'll <laughs> and we'll choose somebody to play for. Hit the That's music, Robbie.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go Yes, that's right. And guess what? If Louie loses, I get it. I get a $50 bonus bet on the TAB. No way, mate. You're
4: already going to the... You're already going.
0: (laughs) I'm going 3,000 times like Brett. Anyway, here we go. Let's rip into it. Good luck, Louie. The text machine is (laughs) flying. Who are
4: we we playing for? (laughs) Ah, you choose. I'm just going to quickly sift through the message to see if we're going to hate mail. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey Mitchell here. Play for me, as I never get through. Ooh, do I believe you, Mitchell? Yes, Kiz? Yes, 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 yes. Mitchell. Okay. All right, Mitchell.
0: Here we go. Mitchell, plan for you, mate. Plan for you. Here we go. Oh, they, they, they're still coming, Louis. They want to be a part of the quiz anyway. <laughs> I will choose us. Stay there. We'll pick it. We'll pick you then. Here we go. Which NRL club did Kevin Proctor play for? Well,
4: there's been a few. <laughs> Titans would be the last one.
0: <laughs> Titans is correct.
4: Do I ding ding myself. <laughs> ding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> ding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the senior British Open? Um, Darren Clark. Is it Darren Clark? Clark. Darren Clark. Correct. Come on. Correct.
0: Come on. Question number three. Wow! Everyone wants to be a part of your quiz, Louis. Yeah,
4: they, here we go. And Beckman, they don't want to.
0: Which athletics event will Julia Ratcliffe compete in at the Commonwealth Games?
4: Julia Ratcliffe, uh, she's the hammer thrower. Can't touch this. Hammer throw. <laughs> TNT Correct. Yes. Here, here we, we go. go. Three what?
0: from three. How? Which NBA franchise oh, yeah, won that. the Summer League?
4: Oh, there's a couple, isn't there? Portland Trailblazers won 1 because they FaceTimed Damon and told him he found out on Instagram Live.
0: <laughs> He's on fire. He's on fire. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Louis, eh? You've obviously seen the quiz.
0: Oh.
4: <laughs> right, I knew. I knew it was going to be a, I was There's no way I was going to win because even if I win, I'll lose. I'll lose. Here we go. Question
0: number five. To win the money for some lucky punter on the text machine, how many gold medals did Swimmer Daniel Loder <laughs> win at 1996 Olympics and Atlanta
4: Olympics? Oh, I should know that as well. Do I still have a phone friend? Of course you do. Nah, nah. How many gold <laughs> medals did he win he at? at the <laughs> 1996 Atlanta Olympics? Oh, I'm actually going to have to guess if I don't a phone a friend. Um... Oh, he went real good. I think he won either two or three. I think he won medals, but I'm going to say two golds, though. There needs to be an investigation. Play that clip. (laughs) Hands above the desk. There needs to be an investigation. Hands above
7: the desk. Hands
1: above the desk. Play the winner. Play the winner.
0: Yes! Louie having a walk. Coming through.
7: Coming through. Mitchell.
4: Oh. Was it Mitchell? No, Absolutely smashed that
0: into this.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's been an absolute raw. Ro- um, You'll never found out how I did it. This is like one of the great casino heists uh, <laughs> um, hey, so Who are we giving it to mate There's a few messages here Look it has to be Mitchell Good for the ego The text machine right about now But um, it has to be Mitchell Because yeah. we said we'd play for Mitchell to start So what up Mitchell We'll get your yeah. details here's
5: one, here's one for you Is he Louis? You mm-hmm. Adonis of a human And Oracle of a mind <laughs> I, need to, I need to have a bet on my four horses And my dog Go Johnny Go to pay
4: for feed and travel. Please take me. T- <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, you clean up the punt every week if we're telling the truth, mate. Oh, <laughs> you, Yeah, you has Haslam. No, not at all. All six away from seven. We'll go clean this text machine up and try work out the phone system. <laughs> be back soon. Jeez, I hope the phones can work soon enough because Billy Stem is expecting a call after seven. Izzy and Kempy for breakfast.
1: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
4: Alrighty, we've got Aaron, we've got Pete We've got James, we've got Bloomers We've got Adam We've got Brenton, all these people 800 Tomorrow when the quiz is on, is he? we want to hear from them
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, when it's a little bit easier You've got Louie on the other side going five straight You want to be a part of it But hey, back yourself, back yourself Please, give us a call tomorrow We'd love to have you on quiz day Not Brenton, he's always on it Brenton, <laughs> hello brother He's always a part of it. I always enjoy his conversation every single morning. He's a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good <laughs> man. He's a good man. So there you go, Mitchell. Louis' done you a service and he's won your $50 TAB bonus. Yeah, he good, says, mate. come and on,
4: you're... you little beauty. Yeah,
0: well done. Bet responsibly, mate. Don't follow me in. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk to Billy Steadman, surfer out of Raglan. Craven and McCafe, about now. We're going to cruise over and have a chat to Aroha. Here she is with the news for Kibota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ, just after 7 o'clock, it's a Tuesday the 26th of July, it's a wet old Tuesday down here in Otatahi, Christchurch. appreciate you tuning in, we had some problems with the phone lines but that's okay, well uh, Louis Herman Watt did the job and he got Mitchell a $50 TAB bonus bet, so there you go Mitchell, well done, give us a call tomorrow, we'll be back 6.40 in the morning to have a wee crack at the quizzy dag. Brenton's come through. Hey, is he? I might always be, I might, might be always on it, but not many winners. Bit like your punting. I've only ever won twice. (laughs) Love the show though, boys. Brenton coming in through with the stab. Oh, I love it. Great honesty, mate. Yeah. I've only ever won a multi twice too, mate. So we're on the same page. How good. How good. Big show here. We're going to talk to Billy Steadman shortly going to chat to bruce sharick is the new zealand thoroughbred racing ceo he'll come on after eight o'clock and then to finish the show we're going to have a chat to matt todd who is coaching canterbury uh shortly um he's uh had obviously his first outing over the weekend so appreciate him coming on later on but right now we're going to talk some surfing back from a hectic start to this year's uh from his year competing all over the world and getting some huge results kiwi gun surfer billy Steadman has been back home and terrorising the Raglan crew who just wanted a chance to win the comp at their home break. Billy and Ella Williams snagged the king and queen of the point comp over the weekend. Billy finding some nice form before he gets ready to head off to the US Open of surfing. The king of Raglan is on the line now. Morning, Billy. Morning, Izzy. How are you, brother? (laughs) I'm very, (laughs) very good, mate. Good to hear your voice, champ. Well done. You happy? Thank you very much. Yeah, always happy. Always happy to get a win. Uh,
8: always mm. happy to be home, you know. Um, always good to come home, refresh, reset. Um, and fortunately, I had a contest here in Raglan, which was uh, a lot of fun to see some friends and family and uh, obviously compete at home.
0: Mate, hey, what about those young, those young little grommets trying to forge their way in the, in the surfing world and King Billy comes back and breaks <laughs> their hearts, mate? You feel for the young ones?
8: <laughs> oh bro I I just think you know <laughs> me coming up um I always wanted to beat the best so um you know uh kudos to them if they can do that um I always want to compete at my highest level so uh yeah obviously it's always a, a good challenge for me to compete against those grommets and they're all you know really good surfers and our final is actually an all raglan final so it was always going to be a hard one you know yeah. local knowledge coming into play and uh, all those guys rip so um, yeah, I just wanted to put my best foot forward and uh, you know take it to them, and uh, luckily I took the win.
5: Hey Billy, it's Kemper here, mate. Well done on your uh, win on the weekend. You and Ella uh, taking out the Jeez, the king and queen of the of the point, um, mate. Just just tell us where are you at in your career at the moment. I know how hard it is to get on that QS tour. Um, having worked with Ella for a number of years, but where, whereabouts are you at? How many more years are you going to give be, before you uh, before you sort of sit back and just go and surf waste for enjoyment?
8: Yeah, um, obviously I've been doing it for a long time now. Um, I've ticked a few boxes and goals that I've set out to do, and uh, mm. one of those goals I haven't done yet is make the WCT. So. Uh, you know I've, I'm, I'm on the challenger series now which is you know a stepping stone to get towards that and and my year this so, so far has been really good through the regionals and the and the challenges so um i'm heading to the u.s on wednesday tomorrow actually so and i've got another big challenger series event over there and I'll, uh, another goal of mine is definitely make the next olympics in tahiti uh paris but the surfing's in tahiti so um yeah i know i, I don't have too long left i don't think a few more years hopefully but um yeah, I know it's not going to last forever, so I'm just really enjoying it and, and making the most of my opportunities and, you know, loving what I do and, and appreciating where mm. we are and what I'm doing.
0: Hey, well, What are some of the things, obviously surfing and being out on the waves is usually uh, part of the success to get to the WCT, mate, but what are some of the things you're doing outside of, of surfing to maybe um, help you along in this journey to get to where you want yeah, um, to?
8: I uh, do a little bit of training. Um, I play a lot of sports. I play a lot of golf. I play a lot of basketball. Um, I've just started getting into uh, getting into boxing, actually, a little bit, just as a training sort of thing, um, learning something new, you know. Fight uh, for life. Move. Yeah, oh, I know. I saw that the other night, actually. It looked pretty cool. But uh, I don't think you'd be able to find a competitor as small as me, so I don't know how to get away with that.
4: Get one of those jockeys in the room. Michael get, Walker. We'll get, get Michael or Opie Bossen back in the room. Yeah.
8: <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought about that, and I actually before, uh, saw my one of my best mates fighting. And um, what about Matty Hewitt? Uh, he's at Fury. Yeah, Matty Hewitt. Yeah, he's a good one. He's he's probably pretty sharp at boxing, though. I think he did it for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> probably get my head smashed. Yeah,
0: was... <laughs> Stay away from those ones, fella. That
8: yeah, bro. Hard.
0: <laughs> oh, so so you're just getting some training, some boxing. But, but how difficult is it to get onto the? WCT, I know our last one was Ricardo Christie, um, and he's obviously a good friend of yours, mate. I've seen the challenges he had to endure to try and even get there. It's, it's tough, like the funding, you don't have any funny. Like you talk about stories from rags, rags to riches, like these surfers, you do it pretty tough, am I right?
8: Yeah, for sure. Um, especially at the moment, I think there's not much sponsorship out there, and uh, it's really expensive to travel at the moment as, as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Ricardo was the last guy and we traveled like together for ages and it was good to see him, you know, qualify and stuff. And there's a lot of dedication that goes into that and um, sacrifices mm-hmm. that you need to make a lot of a time away from home and family and friends and um, you know, trainings and, and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm really enjoying it a lot more. I'm, I'm kind of um, appreciating what I'm doing at the moment and I'm kind of just trying to let things happen instead of, trying to force this happen and like trying to put too much pressure on myself. So, um, mm. yeah, hopefully, obviously, I think this year has been my most successful year to date. Um, and I'm quite little in, little in stature. So hopefully I've got a few more years of me. My body can hold in uh, there for a, few, a bit longer, but, um, yeah, mentally I'm I'm pretty tough at the moment. I learned a lot. um competing at the Olympics last year and I'm um, working with some um, really good people like on my body and my mind. So, Yeah, I'm still learning, and I'm and I'm still loving competing and and traveling, and um, yeah, making the most of it.
5: Hey, Billy, these weather patterns have been pretty crazy lately. You know, we've got lots of you know people who normally are just sitting in their car, and it's raining and windy and stuff like that. But last week, you saw that second code red come through up in Chops and all through Hawaii was just maxing out. Where where for you in New Zealand sort of resembles or a place a favorite place like that that resembles what we saw last week as far as that big surfing goes. And can you tell us a little bit about some experiences you've had in the big surf?
8: Yeah, um, th- oh, I think Tahiti is, a, is a, a one-of-a-kind type of wave. I don't think there's any waves out there like that wave. But um, there's actually a place here in Raglan um, on certain tides and, and certain swells that, that kind of get a little bit slabby and, and chunky and pretty powerful. So we actually had some really good waves here last Wednesday. Um, before the competition, and Adrian Bucken actually was over here, and, and fortunately enough, he came down on us sur- surfing with Luke Cederman, and we got some pretty big barrels and some fun waves on the points. But um, I heard Gisborne was pretty good, um, some big chunky waves. I feel the boys were surfing down there. Um, but yeah, obviously Tahiti's a, di- a different, you know, different level, and, and I'm looking forward to like putting my, I don't know, putting some training into that and, and kind of focusing on that a little bit more. Uh, obviously, we got Olympic qualifications next year, um, and yeah, the big stuff. I mean, the biggest stuff we kind of we mainly follow the summer around, so um, we don't mm. really get too too many big surf. But um, yeah, t- uh, Hawaii at the end of the year is probably our like biggest kind of waves and and competitions over there. You know, Hawaii is known for its big, powerful waves at Pipeline, Sunset Beach, and, and our contest at Haleiwa. So uh, I've actually done mm. really well over there, and I and I kind of like pushing myself in the bigger waves and you know brings out the better competitor in you and um, pushes your surfing a bit so yeah i'm looking forward to the end of the year
0: oh mate i just can't imagine boy i'm i'm I'm, I'm standing on the side of the (laughs) i'm standing on the shoreline looking out like oh they look too big bro you go out there and these little teeny waves look like monsters so i can't imagine what those big ones look like when you're trying to surf them mate hats off hats off you got big kahunas Hey brother, um, <laughs> just quickly before, before we let you go, uh, New Zealand surfing, you feel like it's in a good position at the moment, we've got so much young talent like yourself, you got Ella, um, you've got some old dogs up in Gizzy still shredding, heard Ricardo might potentially come back with some young um, up and coming surfers, you think we're in a good stead at the moment?
8: Yeah for sure, um, I'm, yeah obviously the old dogs still got it, down. especially down in Gizzy, there's Breed good surfers down there um you know bobby jay jay came up for the weekend which is good to see him uh obviously maz and um yeah i'm traveling also with Kehu butler at the moment he's uh he's been doing really well and i think he's going to go a long way um and you know ella page page is also on the challenges with us and um yeah there's cora cooper caleb cutmore um taylor Harch, elliot parada reed um, there's a couple. There's definitely a couple guys uh, coming through. They just you need need to get that breakthrough victory and and get a couple results on the board and you know get that confidence up and uh, get a bit of momentum leading into the QS and hopefully the Olympics and uh, CT.
5: Hey Billy, have you ever come across Joey Johns out there in the surf at Raglan? I know he goes down there and stays at one of the surf houses quite regularly.
8: Yeah, I have actually. I've seen it. I've also seen him a couple of times in Sydney. He's a he's a mate mate of a mate of mine. So. I've seen him around
5: for sure. Yeah, he doesn't keep you out too late at night, has he. He's nah, renowned nah, nah, for that. Nah,
8: stay, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stay away, stay away from that. Nice,
5: like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lies. laughs> yeah. nice. Hey, mate, thanks a lot for coming on today, Billy. All the best um, on your journey. I know how tough it is, and yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a keen surfer and a, and a follower. Can't wait to get another bloke back on the on the tour, mate, so we can all turn that TV back on and have something to yell at as opposed to yelling at those Aussies, mate, all the time getting up <laughs> there. So, mate, all the best on your journeys and um, go well and go surf those massive waves in Hawaii for us. That man as he know that uh, those Kahuna's <laughs> are hanging down there while we're out there.
8: Yeah, cheers, boys. I'll give it everything. Good cheers, man. Billy.
5: Billy Stearman. what a legend, mate. You're right, not you're not wrong, is he sitting out there in those waves? Ooh. Mate, imagine that one last week. I don't know if you've seen it, but on, on YouTube, Hawaii and, and um, Chopu were coming in and something ridiculous the size of it, honestly. Mm.
4: Fastest wave in the world, they reckon that one uh, in Hawaii was. The perfect wind, it was going so hard. Kai Lenny just was like on this... Uh, how big would the board have been? But he almost couldn't keep up. Like, they were guys were trying to drop in and, like... So sucky, so fast. The wind was just racing these huge barrels. Like it looked like a bullet train, eh? Like it, it looked like a bullet yeah. train, and you had to try and keep staying it. And they were just going so fast.
5: And Kai Lenny, and Kai Lenny makes it look like it, he's just you know on a skateboard having a bit of fun, you know. So I take my I take my head off. I, look, I, honestly, the, I know how tough it is, and you and you touched on that, Izzy, for these guys. Mm. And how much it costs them to go and compete like it's it's phenomenal dollars uh, and to, you know for those sponsors that actually support our our, our men and our women that uh, try and get on those tours I just want to take my hat off to them because it's an yeah. expensive journey for them real expensive
0: yeah I saw I saw it firsthand with Ricardo man just just a grind his um, his partner's Daisy's best mate so just watch them. You know, just trying to sponsor, trying to travel around Europe to all these events, bro. Sleeping in his car, you know, like eating bare minimum, trying to save, save money, sleeping at airports, mate. Like it's just a challenge. And then you go from there, and then you get on the WSL, and it's like bang, you go from one extreme to the other, and it's a change of night. And then the one, because you know, Ricardo was only on tour for one year, so he goes for that extravagant year on the WSL, and then bang throw him back off, and he's got to fund himself again. So, Matt is cutthroat there, and you're dead right. Without the sponsors and people behind them. like yourself, Kempe, without the Williams, um, they wouldn't be able to do it. So hopefully, hopefully Billy Steadman can get it, mate. He's um, he's close. He just needs to transition the, the regionals back into that Challenger Series. And uh, he's had one of I was just reading there, Louis. He's had one of N, he's, he's ranked number one, isn't he? So last year, I think he was close yeah, he but went just up didn't quite get
4: there. and he went up on the Goldie yeah. and got some maximum points because I think that was a five thousand, was it? Five thousand. Yeah. So and it's all about picking those big, meaty yeah. events. But that's they all come and try to pick the eyes out of it. Um, he had a yeah. he didn't quite go. Uh, well, he had a time in time in South Africa, which was really cool. I don't think he got the result there. But yeah, as he said, Tahiti. Now the Olympics is a really interesting one. So it's France 2024. Crazy. Yeah, but Tahiti hundreds of miles away. Obviously, it's a French jurisdiction. Um, it's going to be with the, sur- <laughs> where the uh, surfing comp is. But, you know, like, I'm a bit worried. Like, what Ricardo said about the wahine getting out there, you know that, like, these people that qualify for the Olympics, like, Billy will probably be one to admit it. Like, he'll get out there, he'll charge it, but he needs to get over there and learn how to surf the wave. Like, you can't just turn up to Chopu. If anyone's wondering what we're talking about, it's this wave called Chopu. Do not ask me to spell it. It doesn't, it doesn't spell like it sounds, but they had this should we, should c- a crack? oh no, <laughs> no, T E A
0: H U P O O I
4: think. Mean. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it you thought i was cheating in the quiz
1: um i I didn't cheat i've just seen it written
4: (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah that's it tahiti and it just like so the the event there the uh world surf league event there is august 11 to august 21 so in about two and a half weeks time you'll see it if you haven't if you didn't catch it over the uh the course of the swell kempy like when he says slabby and gnarly it the volume of water you kind of can't wrap your head around it can you
5: well now it comes from deep water onto that reef and you, mate, it's scary, like real scary and you've got to be a certain calibre of surfer to go out there and surf it especially when it starts to get a bit of size about it so um, I, I hear what you're saying, what a place though, you know, like you, if you want to be best in the world, you go to the Olympics mate, go and surf that wave because that's one of the best in the world. So it's gonna it'll find some people out. I know that, and uh, just a few years ago, it got really big in in one of the um, WCT events, and a few of the boys didn't want to go out.
4: Yeah, Rick said it to us. And, He's sitting there packing himself. And
5: and <laughs> honestly, there is they do have a group of um, surfers that go and talk to the event organisers some days when they say no, nah, no, nah, that's just too dangerous. We're not going out there today. Yeah. So you know that. Um, Take my head, like take my hats off to the man. That's you, you think running into football is, is is scary. Go and sit on a surfboard some days in like a four foot, five foot wave that these guys surf. It's just as scary. K-
0: Kempy, you you a shredder? You a
5: bit of a shredder on that um, board? Man, I, I well I grew up in Waitita, mate, which is a wave, and have always surfed, but not these days. i have got got a big board. I haven't been out for a while since my knees are done, but mate, I love surfing. Absolutely love it. It's a, a real passion of mine, and being all around mm. the some of the, the places in the world and surf some of the spots and, you know, been out in the surf with some of these boys. Oh, look, I spoke to um, to Mads Quinn about surfing chopes and he, he just said, you know, like when he comes off the wave, because they surf it big, mate, they reckon it's like a cushion. He said it's like a big cushion when you come down and, and it pushes you back up. And I'm like, mate, I don't care about being pushed up. I just... <laughs> getting into the thing first and foremost, <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, you go. I've been surfing at some spots. I remember surfing up at Ahipara, which is a place called Shipwrecks, and it was Real, really nice yeah. to stay. It was probably five or six foot, and then all of a sudden, all these surfers just showed up right on. Honestly, it was like they had a sur- a wave watch, you know, yeah. and they were looking at their wave watch and they going no nah, no nah. we were surfing up there all day. We'd come in once the second, <laughs> and the, and on the second session, we were headed back out. But all these surfers showed up. And all of a sudden, the waves just cleaned up, and they were perfect, mate. And I ended up paddling in and just watching. It was it was all of the, these boys that, that um, Billy said, you know, Billy, Maz, all these boys, they all showed up at the right time and just shredded, mate, for about an hour and a half. And it was just so good to watch. But they, um, yeah, mate, they, they, they're not big men. They're not big men, is he? It's not a big man sport. Um, but they have got big
4: kahunas. Jeez, don't tell Luke Sederman yeah. that the Raglan Surf Report is a big man. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't a big man. Twenty, 20 two <laughs> minutes past seven this morning. Uh, yeah, love some surfing. Checking, be great stories and those sucky uh, barrels, reef barrels, man. Just nothing like it. Uh, so good to watch, and we'll be watching Chopu eleventh of August. Good on, good on you, Billy Sederman. Uh, great to chat here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We're here with Chemist Warehouse and uh, Kempy, you're off the back fence after this looking forward to that
1: Off the back
0: fence with Tony Kemp
5: Now back again as the dust settles and New Zealand rugby fans get ready for the next bout of All Black Magic What hocus pocus can we expect when the All Blacks meet South Africa and Australia in the latest bout of the Rugby Championship? Can the All Blacks put the train back on the tracks after being derailed against an Irish team who competed and won in almost every part of the game in their recent series. And do we honestly think that in front of 80,000 screaming box fans that this All Black team can muster the smarts to go out and win? With talk of Eddie Jones returning to the helm of the Australian team, David Rennie is another Kiwi feeling the pinch. So South Africa at home. Aussie looking for the Bledisloe, and that's been a while, and the All Black team, under more scrutiny than its recent Silver deal, makes for compelling watching. One thing for sure is that the gallows await the team that can't get the job done. Is it the box? Is it the diggers? Or is it the man in black?
1: Off the
0: back fence with Tony Kemp. An all, Kempy. (laughs) One all. <laughs> Is that what you got? I'll predict, oh man. Alfred predicted, Yeah. Now, honestly, I, I think they're gonna find something over here, and they're gonna go over, mate. I know the bo- the boys will be hurting. They'll be hurting so so much, and obviously, I know it's a difficult task. It's a hell of a challenge over there, and gets South Africa in their own backyard. But I honestly believe that they're gonna they're gonna snipe one over there. I, I really do. I know you're probably thinking because I'm a fellow fellow player I I just genuinely think that they can go over there they can find something to to get the job done over in South Africa. Wales did it. Wales did it. We know Wales are, are a solid outfit they went over there and pushed it to a serious decider. Um, yeah. I really I, do I
5: just got this feeling about you know like putting your head where it's not meant to go. You know how you know how you talk about Kieran Reid saying, you know, he's not a not the mm. not the biggest man, but you know, Jace Ryan hasn't had this um, this rut taken over his try line for the last six years. You know, they just really down get down and dirty. You know, I'm just, I've just got this feeling that some some of the guys don't want to put their heads there. You know, and I saw that well, against I saw that against Ireland. So you well, know, Jace Ryan will,
0: will sort that out. I will tell you right now. He is stern as they come and he will challenge the players. One hundred percent, mate. That is his, his biggest I said you say he cares about them. He does, he generally cares about players, but he will challenge them. So he will challenge that forward pack and like you said, like they, they probably shied away from that area. But he'll go in and he'll hit them right between the eyes. They are wearing the jerseys, so that that was the one detail that, that Jerome Connor, Kieran Reid, they instilled in us um, when we played South Africa, boys, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. We're gonna have to put our head into some dark places. We're gonna have to tackle and make tackles for for a very long time. We're gonna have to do it. But that's the mindset we need. We need to go over there with a real mindset to do or die and, and get the job done. And I honestly, I, I think, I I know Jace will be sending that message from the get go.
4: Is he? Benji's come through on double eight double three straight away. You aren't crazy at all. It's the All Blacks for goodness' sakes. Have faith, Uncle. That's from Benji on double eight, double three. 29 Even away. Even
0: Benji Marshall listens to the show. That's
4: impressive. Yeah, he's probably trying to get some coaching tips before he takes over the Tigers from you, Kempi. Um <laughs> Hey, Izzy, I've got a question for you on the All Blacks in South Africa around the attack that I want to pick your brain about because I know they've shuffled the coaching cards, but I want to ask you about the attack after this. Where is Aroha with the news for Kubota? Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> and Zed, we are 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock now. Welcome into the show if you're just joining us. Uh, Billy Stearman, after 7 this morning, uh, gee, he's good value, isn't he? He's a great young, well, he is a young man still. He said he's got some juice left in his legs yet as he tries to make the CT, uh, the Championship Tour of the World Surf League. Great inspirational Kiwi and doing some really good things. Back home winning events, I loved it. Is he giving him a bit of stick about letting, not letting the kids have a chance? Come on, Billy. <laughs> Give them, a, give them a chance, mate, that you come at the king. You best not miss, right? Uh, here's a couple of interesting sports stories from today, both rugby league-related. Well, we've heard it throughout the news, but, yeah, uh, after posting a video of himself vaping on his own story, Kevin Proctor has been sacked from the Gold Coast Titans, so I don't know what sort of baggage he has got and if other teams are going to be willing to pick him up, but he was literally... Um, the 19th man and vaping in the changing rooms and filmed himself so there's a wee bit to digest there, another rugby league news manly players, some manly players are set to be not willing to play this weekend with a pride jersey to be unveiled or to be worn and the club has got a lot to work through there maybe we can discuss that and get your takes on that 0800 oh, the Kennards High phone line in a wee bit because they're two big rugby league stories and they we seem to get a few of these every once in a while. The, the, rig, the rugby, rugby league, the greatest game of all, can't get out of its own way sometimes, can it, can be it? Um,
5: no, nah, it's always giving you stories. Like And the seven players that they that are looking stepping down, they're all seven starters too, you know, decent players. Humolo Olukato, who who's that big man who sits out there on the right edge who made the Warriors look uh, pretty ordinary the last time they played. Um, with Josh Oluwai, Christian uh, Tupulutu, you know, Jason Saab, both wingers are out, John Schuster who's uh, the other left back right. So you've got basically your whole attack has been taken out of the side based on this uh, decision that uh, they haven't been consulted before. They've been given this jersey that they have to wear representing this LGBTQ um, community. I, I think, look, i got my thoughts on it. I know that a lot of other people have their thoughts on it. There's, uh, you know, if you wanted to boycott a game, you could boycott it for a thousand things in, in any sport. Um, mm. But yeah, I just think in today's in today's age, this type of, uh, decision really needs to be understood a little bit more you know before you you go and write about it and you know I don't know what these guys are sort of thinking but obviously basing it on their religious beliefs but you know it's a it's, it's part of our culture isn't it really these days you know acceptance um there's all sorts of stuff family violence alcohol gambling there's all sorts of decisions you can make to boycott is he um, I just think this one is you know, it's really polarising for me, um, where people sit on
2: it.
0: Yeah. Well, thinking It's um it's is it their decision? Yes. Do I believe in it? Uh do I, you know, agree with it? No. I have my own beliefs and, and where I stand within um the, the gay community and, and I've got aunties and family that are that are um, you know, that are gay and, and yeah so look it's, it's hard to, to understand what's going on and we're still dealing with this today but hey they have their beliefs and their their rights and they're ab- uh, they're able to believe that but do i agree probably not
4: so yeah it's a look we it can be your point you make we're just i think we're less tolerant to this sort of thing and, and being bigoted and hiding behind religion using religion as an excuse to be bigoted isn't really we don't. People don't really buy it anymore. Not well, so Some people don't. Some people do. Personally, I don't. But you know, whatever. It is a massive story, though, and it will because we know the Israel Folau one was you know strikingly similar in rugby Australia. Raylene Castle at the time, it was a it was a bloodbath. Really, it was a very messy situation. They got dragged through the courts, really badly handled, terribly handled. And I though. think
5: you know one of, one of the. The things about this stuff is that it's a really good opportunity to educate people. You know, like actually, what does what does it mean, and what does it mean for communities? From I'm, I'm talking from kids that are coming through um, as an early age, going into high school, like what it means to them. This these type of decisions and how it's portrayed in the media, because it just for me makes makes it really tough on on that community. And um, you know, if you're going to stand up in the in that light. You know, be really, be really mindful and educated about the decisions that you make.
0: Well, it's just inclusiveness, Uncle. and we're dealing with situations with um, uh, suicides in in this country, and people, you know, that that are feeling uh, a certain way, and they're going to feel like they're going to get judged or criticised for for their feelings, you know, are going to stem down that that line where we're dealing with uh, suicides and youth suicides in this country, and you know, it's, uh, we've just got to become more inclusive, and but, you know, they have their own rights and their own beliefs, and that's their, their rights and their way of thinking, but for me, I, I've got my own certain beliefs and, you know, family members that
4: are a part of uh, the gay community, and,
0: yeah, I, I just, I accept it, and, and that's their way of, of choice, and, yeah, they are my family, so...
4: Nice, Izzy. Well said, mate. And look, it's a really sensitive one. If you want to come through and add to this, I will just beg you to be mature about it. Double eight, double three on the Tim Post Text machine, or give us a call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennards Hire phone line. Are they working? Liam says. I just says. I said that. Just, we'll, 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 we'll see. Um, you, Liam says. You can't try hide hate behind the BS religion excuse anymore. Liam, appreciate that one. And if you agree or disagree, and you want to peace place it in a respectful text, we'll try to read it out throughout the morning. Uh, just on the Kevin Proctor, I just opened the BBC page. I'll have to check the BBC. You know, it's 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 you know the, the Royal BBC, isn't it? You know, it's it's a real good litmus test on how th- big news things are. Kevin Proctor, BBC Sports homepage. <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, you know, vape,
4: vaping in a, vaping in a, a oh. cubicle made the BBC Sport page. So, oh, I know we've had a couple of texts to say, you know the Warriors should sign him.
5: Now, I've had a couple of hours to think about that. I spoke to Louis and them before the show. is he? Now, if they did, let's hypothetically say if they did go and sign him. Now, here is a clear indication of no DNA. That's when we talk DNA. Here is a clear indication of no DNA even considering signing him so I don't think they'll sign him they personally can't, they can't come on but if you know if you do go and sign you know a player that they obviously wanted to, to, to move anyway because you know it's not sackable um, straight away you know I just hope that the Warriors don't go and sign him you know they haven't they haven't really checked out the rest of this uh, this issue
0: would have surprised me, but I hope they don't too. <laughs> Go,
4: to <laughs> Kempi, I got you louder, Kimfi. I hear yeah, mate. Um, Izzy, before we head off, on you on yeah. the other side. Have a think of this. I said I was going to ask you. Uh, the, yeah. you're talking about South Africa, and well, the All base going to South Africa. Yeah, we had Jace run coming, so the platform, the set piece should be better. Let's let's say let's say that he can get through to the forts The set piece, the platform should yeah. be better. But the issue with the All Blacks' attack wasn't purely about go forward ball. They had attacking bombs, and they had this lateral play. And we're getting the the Irish defence had them worked out within one, or maybe sixty percent of one test. Who has come in to add anything different to the attack? That's the question I'd ask. Bradmore's gone, but will Ian Foster now be able to turn that around? So have a think of that about that. Want to get your answer yep. on the other side. And if you know double eight double three, let me know because that's what I'm worried about in South Africa. How do we score points? Nineteen from eight. Back soon. <sighs>
3: Viral 60 capsules, only $22.99 at Chemist Warehouse, save 15%. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz.
1: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
4: 14 away from 8, and there's some really strong thoughts on both the Manly Seagulls situation and Kevin Proctor's. But Izzy, I left you with that question around the All Blacks attack in, in South Africa. Will Fozzie, you were coached by him when he was more hands-on with the backs. Will he yep. be able to tune them up and actually cre- find a bit of creativity?
0: Yeah, I think Foster will be able to, but also using Joe Smith on on, on as well. He's obviously taking a full-time role with him, so I just won't travel. I'm pretty sure he's going to have... Uh, uh, influential role going forward on, on the way they shape things. Look, the the reality is with the All Blacks in that Irish series, when they were using that wide pass, the only reason it worked in that first game was because they they were able to get Ireland going backwards and when you're, you're going backwards you can't get your defensive line set and you, you can't get to the, your men into the right positions to defend that wide pass so that's why it worked in the in the first game second game we weren't getting the line breaks we weren't bending the line and and get an island going backwards, but we we're still throwing that pass. Those big wide passes are recovery passes and it gives the team opposition, opportunities to get up and, and snot them. And they figured that out. So for me, there has to be some variations there. Whether they go back to playing a bit more off ten, Ireland play off ten. They play a lot of their rugby with Johnny Sexton having the ball. Our most influential players on the park is Bowden Bear and Richie Moonga. More time those players have ball in hand to be able to create have time to, to run across field. Their biggest asset, gas, finding a hole and, and breaking the line. So we have played a little bit off nine in that Irish series. I'd love to see them play a little bit more off ten, create one-on-ones when they're going to South Africa. You can't beat um South Africa through the middle. Like Our forwards are going to have to really front up and, and get that snake going, which is that double latch and trying to break through. But you've got to create one-on-one opportunities for them to beat These big South African men, they are huge bodies, but they don't move sideways very, very well. So the more one-on-one opportunities you create with them, our athletes versus the athletes, we're going to win nine times out of ten. So the variation there is going to be key. If they do hit that wide um, pass off the nine, I'd love to see if they hit that third guy, I'd love to see the outside attacker coming short, like a tip ball, and then maybe a Bowdoin Barrett or Richie Moonga out the back so we've got a release option. Um, some variations are there, and the, and it can work, but um, just whether they've got enough time. So yeah, Joe Smith and and, and Fozzy can do that job. I feel love it. Look, I tend to I tend to think that one before they can do
5: all that, they need to understand exactly what they're coming up against from a defensive line. I I don't think, and I haven't seen them address the speed of the line and the way that. Um, Compressed defence has put their uh, their attack under pressure, but also taken the time off their key play playmakers. Even if they do move to a ten and play the football off them, there's a strategy in and around aggressive defensive lines, and what it does is it creates an illusion to an attacker to think that he has to either go around him, um, play wide, or or get or he gets put in two minds as to the amount of time that he gets taken off him and make these ir- irrational decisions. That's why you play such an aggressive defensive line. And for me, is, I just haven't seen anyone make them understand that they have to get aggressive back at that aggressive defensive line because you do have to bend the line. This, the secret of beating an um, up-and-compressed defensive line is to go through it, is to actually push through the line. It's actually not to go around it or to go sideline to sideline. Um, and kick to sidelines, because every time you move the ball in the air with a compressed defensive line, they adjust really easily. But once you go through them and make them travel backwards, because people think, oh, you've got to stop them from coming forward. No, you've got to make them travel backwards. That's how you beat them. And the way you do that, and this is why I said I haven't seen them put their heads in those places, it also means in that that position. I haven't seen them want to put their heads in places where they need to be aggressive and beat that type of defence.
0: It's the biggest challenge New Zealand rugby faces can be. Like we've been talking about this rush defence for years. for years. Because traditionally the defence in New Zealand have always been up and out. And what does up and out create? It creates time on the ball with the attackers. So you feel like you've got time. And when the up and out defence, you try and beat them on the outside. So at the moment we've gone from the old traditional way of, of attacking and defending and now all of a sudden we've got players in our, in our faces. It has been the biggest challenge. And I don't think many, if any teams in World Rugby have found the formula. But you did right. The formula is you've got to be brave. You've got to uh, beat them on the inside shoulder. You've got to run great running lines. You can't run across field because that's just playing straight into their hands. You've got to be brave. You've got to run through them and you've got to earn the right. And like Ryan Crotty said the other day, teams can't line speed twice if you get behind them. So that first phase has to be brave. You have to get behind the advantage line and then that's when you can play your razzle dazzle and get on the outside and bend the line. So yeah, they're right.
4: Yeah, well and truly answered the question there. And if you missed that interview with Ryan Crotty, I uh, hit Dizzy and Kempe for Breakfast, our podcast channels. He was brilliant and he was such a good midfield defender. Right, just going back to Manly's situation and these players not wanting mm. to wear their pride jersey this weekend. There's a couple of really good texts here. I'll get through before we head off. There is no room for bigotry in sport. What kind of role models are they for the next generation? And we wonder why our suicide rates are so high with the young male demographic. Cheers. Megan, he allowed and clear. Megan, of course, 0800, 1, uh, 0800 543 three five four lifeline I'll off for anyone struggling. More than a Morina, Morina Koto, my name our one name, Ian Roberts, hardest man to have ever played the game. Him be
5: Yeah, well I mentioned that before on yep. the show, you know, like he was a, a courageous man too. Like, oh, look, I just had time to think about this in the break. I want to apologize to the LGBTQ um whānau and community for having once again to be um, be taken down this road um and us to address have to address it and talk to it in twenty twenty two. Um you know we're better than that. You know we're better than that at the moment. I think I think there's there's a definite chance for the NRL to educate people about our communities. And you know it's all it's like you said, is it's an it's an inclusive um, approach these days. And when I was thinking about it just in the last break, I was thinking about Nelson Mandela and what he what he done and what he stood up for. You know the guys on the podium when they got the gold medal for the Americans when they put their fist in the end and what they stood up for. This isn't really standing up for you know, that type of stuff. This is for me sort of posturing a little bit and not really understanding what you actually
4: mean. Seven away from eight. There you go. Kimpi, it's a, it's a hot topic. you coming through on double eight, double three. We'll get to some more after this. Izzy and Kempy for breakfasty C and
3: Fresh new look, chic raises on sale from just eight sixty nine at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit KoganMobile.co.nz.
1: You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ.
4: All right, we don't have time for the uh, fun theme music, but country clueless. Izzy, what has happened? Is your sparkle leaked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. My sparkle
0: is a leak, mate. The sky's leaking constantly, honestly it's crazy isn't it, I sent the boys a video, we'll put it up on social, I've got a a moat going around me, it's crazy like the amount of rain we've had, Um, I'm a bit over it yeah, but there's hey, there's people out there doing worse off than us, appreciate it, that is country clearest, I've got moats (laughs) and swales galore around my house, I've been talking about it for the last year and I still haven't figured out what to do, hey, how's your bailage by the way? Oh, yeah, a bit of baleage for the, for the cows. Yeah, they, they're chomping away at it because it's pretty yuck at the moment. Uh, I feel sorry for them, eh? Constantly, constantly getting wet and eating rubbish baleage. But anyway, coming up, we're going to talk to Bruce Sharrick shortly. There's my country close, Bruce Sharrick, CEO of NZTR. Going to go get a McCafe coffee about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Voter. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand.
3: Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss vitamin D400 capsules, only 19 dollars at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit KoganMobile.co.nz.
1: This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Free, allow, a kiss.
0: Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It's a beautiful Tuesday, the 26th of July, just after 8 o'clock. Appreciate you, you tuning in. If you just tuned in you missed our last hour, that's okay. Billy Steadman, New Zealand Surfing Royalty, just won his last event at Fangamata. He's going great guns and he joined us for our show. He's going to head over to Huntington's Beach and hopefully get the job done in the U.S., Open of Surfing. Uh, if you miss that, yeah, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast podcast and have a listen. Billy Steadman, um, really, really champion bloke. Old fella. He's been around for a wee while. Was at the Tokyo Olympics? He gave us his goals going forward. You have to have a go listen to that to get where his head is at and his understanding of what he wants to achieve going uh, in the next couple of years. Coming up, we're going to talk to Matt Todd. his Canterbury assistant coach. They have they took on Tasman Markle over the weekend absolutely destroying them 69-7 but i, I messaged him i said great start toddy and he goes mate that wasn't even the close to the team that we're going to get come uh, season time so he's not getting too far ahead of himself as matt todd looking forward to that and we'll have a chat to bruce sherrick shortly i'm going to read a few of these messages do we have do we even have the players to bend the line if so who that is from muz um we do oh uh, look Yes, we do. We do. We've got quality out there, um, Muzz. I know when things aren't going so quite right, we we blame the coaches. We look at the players and the personnel. I I said it it was a bit more of a direction, a game plan situation that we uh, were facing at the moment. I feel like we've got the players, the class, to be able to get the job done. We just need to utilise the players in the right way. And uh, game plan, like Brenton said, could be the right option. The old adage. You got to go through them before you can earn the right to go around them so maybe just grit those teeth and and rip into it but we'll give it to kempi and he's going to introduce our next guest very special moment for us on the show
5: yeah it's another thoroughbred race meet abandoned on a saturday which has left the industry participants fuming yet again this time Ottawa park Ruterua, the venue at the center of the frustration Following the Group 1, Captain Cook Stakes abandonment at Trentham last year. New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing promptly looked to sharpen their processes and expectations around track management. This latest hiccup will be a sore reminder. There's still plenty of work to be done. Bruce Sharick is the CEO of New Zealand Racing. He always fronts up this fella, and uh, we've got him on the show this morning to talk about that. Hey, Bull, how you going?
2: Yeah, not bad, mate. Still, uh, still getting out of the rain, but we're going okay.
5: Oh, that's good, mate. Um, a little bit of, of frustration, obviously. You know, I had a good chat to you on the weekend about what's happening with these abandonments. Just just take us through where we are at the moment.
2: Yeah, look, uh, yeah, there is frustration, I think, and that's a frustration that's spread uh, throughout the, the entire racing industry. And in simple terms, guys, the reality is that weather will always beat us, and no one in the industry mm. um, has a problem with that. If, if the weather is such that you can't race, I mean, they called off Ramwick on the weekend, they've called off meetings all around Australia, and we will have our share of those. That's not in question. What is in question is, that, is the way in which we're going about it, i.e. on Saturday, we had all of our participants, our owners, our trainers, our stable hands, our race callers, everybody turn up to a meeting uh, that never got off the ground because it was very clear from the get-go that the track was not in safe order. That part is frustrating. Uh, we, we being NZTR, the RIB, and all the people that are there to assist the clubs had no visibility of any issues throughout the week, and that's the part that really annoys us.
0: So, who's? Uh, thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show. Who's accountable for this? Will there be any give back to? Because we've we've heard from trainers, jockeys, um, you know, pundits, owners that they obviously lose out from
2: this. So, who who has who's mm. accountable and who will? who will have to um, front foot this? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, Izzy, there's there's a number of things. So the short version of the model to understand is that the industry funds the clubs to prepare or licenses the clubs to put on meetings for the industry. And in doing so, one of those key responsibilities is to prepare the track in such a way that is safe. Now, again, I go back to what I said. If the weather is such and the conditions are such that we can't, you abandon meetings uh, where possible, you move them. Uh, what we don't like is when we are notified so late in the piece that we have no chance to, one, uh, relocate the meeting, or two, our participants have engaged a uh, cost to get there. To answer your question, we fund the clubs, so currently I'm looking at a policy that is in place and whether or not the club, uh, in this case, and going forward, uh, are, are then penalised for not doing what they should have done. It is there in the funding document, and that's what I'm going to be looking at today.
5: So, hey, mate, so, so take us through that model. Like currently, obviously, the uh, you, what you're saying is that the tracks um, and the people that, that run the tracks are looking after this and NZTR uh, are, are playing their part as governors. Well, what does that model look like and what should it look like in the future? Well, to
2: answer your first question, the model, the, and, and let me say from the get-go, there are many tracks who do a fantastic job and they have a fantastic infrastructure and they are world-class. So that's the first thing I want to say. The, the second thing is the, the model is effectively like an outsourcing model. NZTR on behalf of the industry. And let's, let's be real about this. There is one pot of money. It is industry money. The, the industry then uh, licenses clubs to put on 293 events a year. We then fund the clubs depending upon the event, which is all clear in the funding document, and that goes out to them to prepare uh, the year ahead. And as I say, that's the, that's the supply the day out, which is the facility that we use, but equally and most importantly is a safe uh, surface for our participants, horses and human, and equally for our punters, so that you're getting a, uh, a great opportunity to wager. So in a situation like we've just seen, We, being the industry, have funded uh, the club and the club has come up short of what I would call an acceptable standard. So, again, I have no issue if the club had have let us know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, even Friday, even first thing Saturday morning and said, guys, we have a problem. We don't think it's safe. We would have then notified the participants who would have been frustrated, but not out of pocket other than the fact they didn't have an opportunity to to run their horse to win some stake money. So th- that's the frustration. Where does the model go? That's something, I'll be honest, mate, I've got to have a really good look at and see if uh, if there is an alternative model that is is going to be superior to the one we've got. Hey,
4: Bruce, Louis here, mate, and uh, I appreciated your letter you wrote, on oh, you posted up on loveracing.nz yesterday. Your last line finishes with, "otherwise we will and pretty much everything you've just said now, you've laid it all out if we don't get this right, we will continue to sabotage any process we are seeking to make. And I think that's a really poignant message. When you speak to the people that are getting it wrong, the actual individuals in the clubs and the the individuals at the clubs that are making the mistakes, which this is, and it was an error, do they get it? Is there accountability? Or is it head in the sand, blame back on NZTR?
2: That's a really good question, uh, Louis. Uh, And I think... If I'm being brutally honest, I think there's a disconnect between what some people in the industry who have been around a long, long time are accepting of in terms of standard. They're looking back a couple of three decades ago and said, well, back in the day, we would race on that. The fact of the matter is that we're in a very heavily regulated 2022 and our health and safety requirements, our animal welfare considerations, they're all things that we need to be extremely mindful of. And not only in racing, in every industry in which we operate in and so to answer your question i'm not 100 percent convinced that they think there is a problem and there lies the inherent problem because they think what they're dishing up is okay and it's not okay
0: so so bruce is this at the moment down in crisis we're dealing with 200 mils in the last month so the weather's atrocious yep. is this a simple yep. case of maybe just in winter racing there's going to be uh a more synthetic racing? Are we going to be racing on synthetic tracks to, to be able to cover this situation that we're dealing with now? Or is it more than that? Is, there, is it just funding, more fun, Because like, everyone thinks money's going to fix every problem. Is it as simple as putting more money back into these clubs so we can get to a situation? Because winter racing is changing. The climate's changing. We're dealing with weather uh, patterns that are totally different to what we've dealt with in the past. So, so what is the solution? To, to maybe
2: yeah through. look again as a great question Um, the industry's taken on over the last uh, was three or four years out of the provincial growth fund uh, with the aid of the government thirty six million dollars worth of development with uh, three synthetic tracks I think the the time is coming where we are racing on synthetic and clearly Rickerton is now up and running and our is not far yeah. away either yeah. so we'll have three functional we have to look at what is best for the industry and if it means uh, through the winter months which is what they're there for that we have to put some of our meetings on a synthetic to get our grass tracks a break through the harsh period of winter then that's what we're going to have to do and that will mean that there's a lot of horses that won't uh, like to race on a, a decent track because there are a series of horses that race in the winter that like a, a wet and heavy going i, I own one Kimby owns one with me so the reality is that but we've got to keep producing the product for the industry and for our wagerers. So I think there's, and the other part that you raised is about the reinvestment back into the into the tracks. And uh, as you'll probably be aware, we're looking to invest uh, 10 million over the next five years. And more than that is because we'll keep allocating to infrastructure as earnings allows us to make sure that we get our best tracks in better condition to handle the load uh, that we're now facing. But you're dead right, winter is a period where we will always have these issues. And as I say, I, I want to make it really clear, I don't have an issue where a meeting is called off. That is just the nature of the business we're in. What I do have an issue with is the timely fashion in which we're informed about it. That's not acceptable.
5: Yeah. Hey, mate, you've had you've had a while now to get your feet under the table a few months and had a look at everything around, everything to do with NZTR. Um, where are you at? Are you comfortable with where the industry's at or is there some changes that need to happen and, and happen quickly uh, for this to, to continually move
2: forward? Oh, look, there, there's many changes, mate. I mean, I, at the end of the day, we've got to tackle one thing at a time. And yes, I've been here now, I think I'm into week 11 or 12, um, but I'm slowly getting a very clear picture on where we need to go. And, and at the end of the day, it is about standard improvement right across the board. And if we start doing that, we'll start seeing some really exponential growth um, in terms of the product that we're putting on. And then hopefully we get that return back from our wagerers because they are confidence in what we do. The, the simple version is, no, there are many parts of our industry that need improvement. And to be frank, I've just got to put a line in the, sta- in the sand and start moving forward on standard improvement and bring our people along. They want what's best for the industry. I'm convinced of that. There are a few outliers that are sabotaging through parochialism, um, want to retain what they've got. But we have to start having a view of what's best for the industry. And if you do that, we'll land on the right outcome. I'm convinced of that.
4: Yeah, me too, Bruce. And you know I am as well. And so many people are. Look, there is a, there is definitely it's, it's light, more than light at the end of the tunnel. Just a few things need to line up. It's been a hell of a season, hasn't it? Uh, NABBA has had a, an unreal year in the saddle. So has Lisa Ulbreece coming back from injury. Grilzy's been going good. Um, the South Island Racing's been strong. Marshy tunned up in the trainers' premiership. You know, what Tiako did, obviously, incredible. And, and the new season dawns in what, only a, a wee while. Um, a big racing season will be your first one as CEO. Are you excited? You fired up, mate. People on the ground in at New Plymouth in the weekend—they missed you.
2: They were, where's the where's the big cheese? Where's the CEO? <laughs> well, I couldn't get I couldn't get a flight. Would you believe I, I've travelled down to New Plymouth for thirty years, and I normally book the day before because there's always plenty of options. Given all the interruptions out of Wellington, I couldn't get a flight. Oh, right. So uh, and and my brother said, "Well, why don't you drive?" I said, "Well, I've just driven from Wellington to Auckland to get home, and I'm not <laughs> about to drive back down to New Plymouth." So I I decided against that look yeah I, I am excited we, we've got and as we've come out and said we're gonna we're going to be building a, a big plan around our top events we we've got some stuff coming out in the next uh, number of weeks which I hope will excite not only racing fans but fans about sporting events in general and um, we're, we're going to be having a real shot at, at revitalizing the industry and putting it back where it belongs as one of the one of the sort of sporting events that if you enjoy live sport and entertainment you want to come and have a look at it um, so we we're going to be working hard, put it that way.
5: Hey, mate, just um, a, one last question before I let you go. How do I get back on the A-list?
2: Uh, well, there's a couple of things you need to understand. One, you were never on the A-list. And two, you'll never get on the A-list.
5: <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> there, you, there you go. You're headed here on, on Izzy and Kibbe for breakfast on SNZ. Hi, <laughs> hey, mate. Good to chat this morning.
7: Good to, that, to chat this morning. <laughs>
5: See yeah, you, mate. No, right. good, good to chat this morning, mate. Go well. Talk soon. Okay.
2: Cheers, Bye.
5: Bruce. <laughs> Whack! <laughs> he had that one. He had that one in his back pocket, too. Oh, bull. He just pulled that card mate, out. I, yeah. gonna, I had that
0: one. I was going to ask him. I was going, how proud are you of Alex? El, the Sheikh Sharock. <laughs>
5: oh, yeah, got We would have got another story. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's Bruce, the CEO, we were talking to today. I can't wait to talk to Bol. <laughs> yeah, that's
4: right. He couldn't have been seen to show any nepotism, so he would have said, oh, "I have to, I can't, I have to decline comment." There uh, is he? No, seriously. <laughs> the, the racing season's coming to an end. The new one will start. The, the breeding season's only just over a month away. When we hit spring. Um, and yeah, they're right, NZTR have got a massive job to do on so many different fronts. One of the biggest ones, what he just alluded to there, teased their big events, their massive Group 1 race days, the test matches, you know, you you men both played test foot footy. That kind of big elite the, the pinnacle of New Zealand racing mm. How do we sell it? How do we turn it into We can't have Karaka Millions every weekend Because the Karaka Million works Because it's special But how do we get the kind of The, back, the prestige back in Captain Cook Stakes Day And uh, Thunder Mile Day And 1,000 Guineas Days And 2,000 mm. Guineas Days How do we build that hype And that kind of elite sporting theatre back to it And that's the job they've got they hire, they
5: hire me and Izzy to run hospitality
0: <laughs> yeah, mate. It's all about uh, entertainment. Honestly, it's all about entertainment. People want to be entertained. Horses is obviously a huge part of the day. But uh, obviously, when between races, you it, need to be entertained. There needs to be good food, good urban champagne, polo flowy, dag. weather. Weather is a huge factor. Weather's a huge, when it's raining and miserable you don't want to go mate so we're the place apart part and we can't control it you know it, what they so. should
5: do you know in those big marquees that they have there they should have a silent disco mate so everyone walks around with headphones on you know what I mean <laughs> so so no one gets interrupted Brace commentary they're just dancing all the time you know it'd be, it'd be so awesome you go oh yeah man and you can choose what music you're listening to and I just, that's just one from the left. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great idea. Thanks. That's a great idea.
0: But let's be honest, how many times have we been to races and I've never watched a race? I've done it tons of times. Mate. <laughs> I do my betting the day before, put all my bets on, go to
4: the races, check my bets at the end of the day. Don't even watch one horse.
0: It's a great day. One <laughs> of the great days.
4: <laughs> Brilliant. And you're not the only one. And that's, do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. you got to embrace uh-huh. those people. I've got one, one idea for you, a little bit left field, Kimpy. Why don't we run the Cox Plate in Izzy's property and then just ask me could win it.
5: <laughs> he would, would a hand down. He would it hands down. I just want the video of Arlo being tied around on that quad bike tomorrow, mate. Michael Phelps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'll love it, bro. He'll love it. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna just go whing, get him flying across the grass and he'll probably stub his toe. Hey one clear <laughs> message
5: though, Izzy from from Bull then was I got a line in the sand. You know what I mean? Mm. It's about time. Um, He puts that line in the sand. He's basically saying, now that he understands what's going on, I want to move forward. And I think the good people get that. So, um, yeah, look for some changes. That's what I'm looking for. Look for some changes. I'm looking for a lot of positive stuff to come out of the industry. I just hope that the people from the industry, like the big names, the Alice's, you know, the Rogers and all them guys, they all get behind it because the more voices that talk about the changes that he wants, the better.
4: Yep, bang on Kempy. 22 and a half minutes past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, Paulie Moati, the party, after this. SCNZ, we are 28 minutes past 18 this morning. Time to get to Paulie Moati at the TAB, hey Paul.
9: Oh, g'day, Louie, boy, oh boy, did Kempi just get sharracked? <laughs> you got shaked.
5: That's what happens, mate, when you're nobody, you just <laughs> never get on the list. They just made it really nice and clear, I'm quite happy with that.
9: I tell, I tell you what, New Zealand thoroughbred racing are in good hands with Bruce. He's, uh, he's um, got his head screwed on properly, and um, I get the feeling he doesn't mind making the tough decisions. So. It was it was very very good listening to him. To be
4: fair, he speaks with a lot of clarity, doesn't he, Paul? And um, look, I'm I'm a believer at the moment. I'm out of the church of bull, and I want to give him time because I think the last thing the industry needs is you know you you care about it as well is chop and change because they've done that. They've tried it, It doesn't work. You just need to back someone, back them in, and listen to them. Get in line, you know.
9: Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, look, I've just been looking at a a few of our markets. Uh, and one that stood out for me was the uh, Sales NBL um, outright winner market. Uh, we we're only about two weeks out from the playoffs uh, in the uh, NBL, and I just had a look at the Wellington Saints, who are currently on the second line of betting. They're three dollar thirty favorites to win Sales NBL outright. Now they started the season one and five. Yeah, uh, and and that's not a that's not the sort of Swing Saints that X. we know. They exactly now. There's some parallels here. They decided to make a change in the coaching ranks, and since then they've gone seven and three, and they're now what fourth, I think, well inside the uh, playoffs uh, with only a couple of games to go for them. So I wondered if you guys would uh, have a chat with Jordan Mills. I think he's the CEO of Wellington Saints, and just ask them what sort of process they went through when (laughs) they decided to when they decided to change coaches and whether they talk to the players, do they talk to the coaches, the assistant coaches, how how they go about that sort of thing and, and what made them make the decision in the end? Because to be fair, when they started off, they weren't at full strength. So um, losing a couple of games here or there, you can understand, but I guess because of that poor start, they had to make a, a decision and make a, a, a tough one. They did, and since then they've come right again and we're sort of seeing the saints that we've become used to here in Wellington. So I just had a look. and. If you did back the Saints, they got out to a high of $15 Ooh. to win the NBL this season. And a number of punches jumped on at $15. So um, since then, they're now back into 330, second line of betting, just behind the Nelson Giants, who are favorites to win the NBL at $3.
5: What are the ears Payne?
9: Uh, they're on the third line. They're the third favorites at the moment. They're $4 Taranaki ears. Uh, and of course, the uh, Otago Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Still in there with a chance. they fifteen dollars to win the um, NBL championship oh, overs. this
4: season. Over, way over, bully. And uh, somebody's mentioned that there's not a market right now for the manly game this weekend. Uh, probably something to do with the uh, players and the well, I guess that hanging over them around their pride jersey and whether they, where they're
9: going to turn out. Yep. Hundred yep. percent. Just waiting to see who turns up on uh, was it Thursday? In it, so not too far away. <laughs>
4: Righty Paul. We've got a couple of messages on that we're gonna to get to after this. Thank you for your time. Download the TAB at today and go have a play. See what it did there, Kimpy? I know you're impressed, aren't you? Twenty-nine away from nine. <laughs> Here's Araho the news for Kubota. Together with Shape Bigger Building New Zealand. Then your messages on double eight double three. Some really sensible text here I want to get to. <laughs> 26 and a half away from nine this morning. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on your 26th of July morning to you around a very damp New Zealand. Hope your roof's still attached to your fare this morning. Smithy, up after 10 o'clock this morning, has Greg Miles on the show. Now, Greg Miles, one of the greatest race callers in the history of racing. Did I think about 37 Melbourne Cups or something like that? He's an icon, had that famous call about Maca- of Maccabi Diva in her uh, third Melbourne Cup tilt, so looking forward to that one, really, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one, be tuning in just after 10am if you're a Melbourne Cup and Australian racing fan. Right, there's some great messages here boys I would like to go through and get your take on, I'll start with this one. This is around the uh, Manly Seagulls players, seven of them, um, threatening or I don't know if it's confirmed. They don't want to play this weekend. They're not going to play this weekend because of their pride or their inclusivity jersey. What a farce. Using religion for an excuse of homophobia. These guys wear a jersey with point-spec gambling services across the front, which pay tabs called the four Play it. They play at stadiums called Four Pines Park, which is a brewing company. They stand by their brothers when they take drugs or beat up their partners, but wearing a jersey with some rainbow colours on it is too much for them. Really feel for the LGBTQI community plus today. That is from an unnamed texter. Very passionate, is he?
0: Very, very passionate. <clears throat> very passionate. And just a, similar to kempi. Like a lot of the things that they stand for and are and, and going around with sponsorship this probably goes against their religion as well, but they don't really make a stance because reality is those are paying their bills and their contracts and without no contracts, they have no uh, opportunity to, to be able to go forward. So yeah, look, I said earlier, I, I don't agree. I have my own beliefs. They have their beliefs um, and they're entitled to those. But for me, I, I stand stru- uh, firm with the LGB community. And, and I've like I said, I've got family members that are part of it, so
4: yeah. <coughs> Morning, fellas. I think those manly players should be stood down if they, in this day and age, what the hell are they to think? They're bigger and better than anyone else. The world has changed and so has most people's attitudes accepting the gay community. They need to pull their bloody heads in. I think the jerseys look quite good, to be honest. That's from John. John, appreciate that. Here's another one with a little bit of a differing take. Differing take, morning, boys. I don't think the players not wanting to wear their inclusiveness jersey this weekend is that simple for them. I'm sure this is more about the religion of family beliefs. So for them not wearing... For them to be wearing something that is meant to support inclusiveness, it would be quite the opposite, as it is not supporting their beliefs. And it is complex, to a to a point. Kimpy, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm, look, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking about
5: every time you sign a contract, how many clauses you have to go through, and to sign off on, making sure that you can um, wear jerseys. Like they have the they have the women's in league round, mm-hmm. like. Mm. Why don't they not? You know, why don't guys not wear that jersey? Because there's a woman in league round, and I don't like pink. You know, it represents woman when I'm playing a, a man's games. For for argument's sake, you know what I mean? It's just so, such a grey. The whole thing is such a grey area, and it needs to be, I guess, addressed. That especially um, when guys sign a contract, because. But really who's missing out here is you playing all year and then all of a sudden you decide not to are the fans the sponsors yeah, the teammates the teammates you know mm. what about the se- well what about the six blokes that have to show up on Sunday mm. you know they go well we well, what if, what wear if it? one
0: of their what if one of their brothers or one of their teammates comes out as gay and are they going to refuse to play on the same field and put the same jersey on because yeah. they don't believe and understand where he's come from. It's it's, e- it's an awkward situation.
4: Exactly. Do you know what Kimpy? When you said that, made me think it's a grey area, but only for those people that just just don't like it's grey area. Unless you just want to be a decent human being. Because you're right. You could find I'm an not it, religious it, at all. You could find I'm not an Not religious issue. at all. So I don't.
0: Yeah.
4: Goose says, I get the jersey thing. That's your belief. Do the players realise though they're playing in the stadium uh, full of state? <laughs> Alcohol and sports betting. And I don't think they do. A couple of messages came through earlier on Kevin Proctor uh, pointing out that he's already signed a deal in the Super League and he's back and forth trying to get an early release from the Titans. So maybe this is a bit of sabotage. Uh, Tim says he's made a lot of bad decisions the last 10 years. Vaping is low down on that list. Uh, It's really unfortunate where his career has gone. Your messages have been awesome today. There's some good ones on Rugby Union. Speaking of, greatest open side to ever play the game.
5: (laughs) Who's that? Who was who that? Who's that? Gray Murray.
0: Oh,
4: <laughs> Matt Todd mate. Toddie.
0: was <laughs> could be a, This debate could go on forever. You, I know, you've you just know, opened uh, up a can uh, of worms. Unironically,
4: unironically, I I rang a mate from home from from North <laughs> Canterbury a couple of days ago after the All Blacks and. So, it's, I don't know why they're banging Sam Kane. It's not his fault, he's not Matt Todd. <laughs> no, ironically, that's, <laughs> oh, that's the sort of chat. Oh, it's terrible. But he is up next, Matt Todd, <laughs> assistant coach of the Canterbury side. He knows Jace Ryan well. This will be good.
3: Your glasses clean with Clear White Lens Cleaner 50 pack. Only 6 99 at Chemist Warehouse. Save 20%. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit KoganMobile.co.nz.
1: You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
4: ECNZ, and we are sixteen away from nine, not too far away from catching up with Matt Todd to see how he's going. Uh is he was that a bit of breaking news? Is that embargoed or are you allowed to lob that out there?
0: Oh, I got an email. I got an email from the Crusaders uh fan base. Yeah. Perfect. So it's it's out. Yeah mate. It's out. What is breaking it? Breaking news. We're just, well you you say it. You say it. No, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you say it. <laughs> no, no, just,
4: it's not in my email. Yeah. I'm, <laughs>
0: Uh, also,
5: well, yes, uh, also, current Tasman Marco assistant coach James Marshall has just joined the Blues coaching staff. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Crusaders, just joined the Crusaders coaching staff. Mate, that's a, oh, that's yeah. a decent sign, isn't it, James
0: Marshall? Yeah. It's a great sign. He's part of the Waterlad podcast and uh, obviously they're streaming on, on SENZ. And, uh, yeah, James Marshall played for the Hurricanes. Tasman, Michael, he'd be great signing. Great signing. Andrew Goodman went there straight out of playing. And uh, great rugby mind. He's gone on to do great things. So, yeah, huge news for the Crusaders. And they're going to have to find another coach. And, well, all the stars are aligning. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe our next guest will take it up. It's just come to my attention that he has just starting his coaching role. And he's one from one. Matt Todd, he's on the line now. Morning, Matt.
6: How we going, team?
0: Good, mate. Good, mate. Appreciate you coming on the show, Toddy. Uh, mate, how's the first couple of weeks in the assistant coaching role been for you, mate? Obviously, a good start on the weekend, but you won't take too much from that uh, pre-season game, mate. But how's the last couple of weeks been?
6: No, it's been good. A little bit of a learning curve just around, I guess, the planning that goes into training and, and that. But it's been awesome. Mate. The boys have been great, just the enthusiasm and um, want to get stuck in. And we've had a good balance, I guess, between footy content and having a good time and, um, I guess, building those connections as a team.
5: Well, yeah, 100%, mate. That's the main thing. Um, yes. Hey, everyone's talking about Jace Ryan Going into the All Blacks, I'm going to ask the question straight off, mate, because you you were one bloke that I think um, always got his head in those dark places. What does what does what does Jase bring to the All Blacks as far as that goes?
6: Yeah, I think he'd be great. Like he's really good at building, I guess, relationships with the players, which then allows him to, I guess, get the best out of those players. He, he works out what makes players tick and um, how he can. I guess, challenge them in certain ways to improve their game. So excited to see how Jace goes. You know, he's, he's everywhere he's been, he's been successful. Um, and he's done it the hard way. You know, he came in basically for, for free at Canterbury in the early years and just mm. worked hard and um, mastered his craft. And it's great to see him rewarded for that hard work.
0: So so his way of thinking, um, Toddy, his way of coaching, some of his ideas, you probably think as a player, you're like, wow, what's he doing here? Like, do you reckon he'll be uh, able to get that across the line with some of the players like from Auckland, the the Chiefs that they haven't really been coached by? Is that something that he could add for the All Blacks?
6: Yeah, I think so. Like he has, he doesn't just come up with, you know, out there ideas. There's always reasoning behind them and, um, and a why for doing it. So, you know he's certainly always looking to innovate he's never just content with where he is so I'm sure you know he doesn't have a lot of time before the, the they play the next test so I guess it's just about prioritizing where you can get the biggest growth um in that short space of time but he's worked with a lot of the boys you know a number of the crusaders guys in that squad already so he's got that connection there and um you know his it record around forward play and, and stuff speaks for itself so I'm sure any ideas he brings in will be well respected and they'll get good buy-in from
0: the team. Yeah, for sure, mate. Looking uh, to see what Jace is able to do for the all Base. Hasn't got a much uh, hell of a lot of time, but surely we'll see some change going forward. Babe. Mate, just going to go back to the Canterbury side. Uh, a Canterbury outfit that probably hasn't been where we're so accustomed to Canterbury being uh, in the winning, winning title, winning championships. What's been the main focus for you and the coaching group to, to maybe potentially get back to where Canterbury have traditionally been?
6: Yeah, I think these first few weeks it's just about, um, you know, getting a nice connected team, everyone enjoying coming in. Like, we want it to be an environment where the boys are enjoying coming in each day. So, there's been a big focus over these first few few weeks and then it's just, I guess, bringing in a little bit of content, footy content um, but not cluttering them. Like, you know, it's a hell of a squad and talented players so we don't want to try and bring too much in and clutter them up. We just want them to be nice and relaxed and enjoying their footy and you know, just playing what's in front of them and backing their skills and, and you know, not being burdened by too much of a game plan or, or be restricted by that too much.
5: Hey, Toddy, when you were a kid, who was the player that you looked, looked at and went in the All Black team that I wanted to be an All Black? I guess
6: when I was real young, Andrew Murdens was my favourite player because he went to, you know, <laughs> from Kaapo and he went to school out there. So he was my, I guess, first rugby idol, I suppose. Not yep. that we were remotely the same position, but, you know, he was always um, an idol of mine growing up. I and, and who yeah. would you
5: rate as the best number seven who played for the All Blacks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's hung up, one yeah. He's hung up. It's sorry, we lost him.
4: Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that, oh. that is perfect. He's like, like
0: you finally he's like done me. it. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> he dropped the mic. Yeah. No, we've
5: had problems with the phones all morning. Uh, he, um, no,
4: it's not a problem with the phone. It's a problem with your question. That, he got it, <laughs>
5: They got the theme? The Crusaders? have <laughs> finally got one?
7: <laughs> what happened, Kez?
4: Oh. Oh, oh, funny. No, that's oh, right.
7: you cracked me um,
4: up. <laughs> there's a text that have just come through from Craig. Hi, guys. Is Matt Todd for rugby like Matt Henry for cricket? Never the national team's first choice, but never lets them down when selected. Craig, it is bang on, Craig. <laughs> Always does a job, mate, eh? Is he? He just grafts.
0: He is a grinder, and he just never, ever gives up, mate. Yeah, he is. He is. He never got the recognition that he thoroughly deserved. I want to ask the question if he's got the phone call from Razor yet. (laughs) That was my next question. That was my next question. I was going to say, look, uh, I can see it happening. I can see it happening. He's got to go back to Japan for one more year and and finish off his contract with Toshiba, but Going forward, mate, like, yeah, he, I'd be, if I was Razor, because Razor loves bringing in uh, former players or people that are a part of rugby that understand what it's like to be a rugby player, they've got great rugby mind, that's why James Marshall, when you think of James Marshall, Andrew Goodman came straight out of Tasman playing days, got an opportunity to come to Christchurch Crusaders, and from the outside, when I was there, I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go, but mate, he understands do so you want players in there or, or coaches in there that really understand? They they innovate. They they think about the game when they're sleeping, mate. They dream about it all sing, every single day, and that's what Razor will be looking for. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't pr- approached them already because he's he's lost two coaches now. He's got to go find a Ford coach. Who is that Ford coach? Oh. If it's not Matt Todd, like who is the realistic um, option for for Razor? You think about could,
5: around could the Matt country. Could Matt Todd be a Ford's coach? Like in the in the. Yeah. Yeah, so he could do what Jace yeah, Ryan did. Pro-
4: probably not for the coming yeah. year, right, is he? That would be, like, he even alluded not, to the steep learning curve. Like, this probably needs a bit more time on the saddle, do you think?
0: Yeah, it needs a bit more time. But he, he understands lineouts. He understands scrums. He understands the breakdown, the way phase play attack. Like, he is an actual ball player. I could see him being a coach for sure. 100%. Benji Marshall. What do you laughing?
5: I'm I'm laughing at the timing, the timing of the WhatsApp on the station's unbelievable, mate. Are
4: you Are you trying to put it into a tech
0: issue?
7: It was
4: great. It was
0: great. I'm gonna message him. Did you hang up on to Kimpi?
4: would be the first time. Uh, actually, here's one for you, Kempy This will cheer. Kempy thanks for the excellent pie recommendation. Enjoyed ourselves at the crowded house and a couple of decent feeds at arranged marriage. Ruddy cold. Uh, but enjoyed the knacky and we'll be back soon JD, oh JD was there for Open Aki Cup Day
5: Yeah, no no, oh that's good to hear JD that you ended up going to Al's favourite Pie Shop and, and Doc's Pub The Crowded House, I'm pretty sure that Smithy's been In there a few times too, the Crowded House Had a few beers on his, uh, on, his way, on his way up there When oh. he's commentating, look at him, he's shaking his Head, yeah he's been in there a few times
4: <laughs> We'll find out after this when we sleep On it, with the doy in, we're seven away from Nine <laughs>